fucking tired, dude. Yeah. The New Year started and it's like, let's go. And then I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, no, I'm still not ready. I'm like still carrying the fucking weight of last year, like wet clothes. I've I've been like wanting to get back into the groove of things. So I'm like really trying to on you know, like purposefully. Like, yeah, with purpose, right? Yeah. And and I'm the exact same way. Like I'm having coffee in the mornings now. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me get my shit done. Let's do this. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to The Midnight Connection, year 2024, episode 16, the podcast where two dads talk about anything they want at the only time they can. Chris, how are you doing in this brand new year, 2024? Is it everything you ever hoped for? I'm fine as long as you don't use air horns when you edit this. Oh, I'm not. No, no, I could never do that. Please, please don't. Who needs sound effect air horns when you got your own mouth? <laughs> I'll edit it out. That was live. No, I'm feeling good. Yeah? Feeling good. It's been, uh, as I was telling you, it was an interesting transition to 2024. Mm. But we are coming out of it now. So good things. Good things ahead. Absolutely. I will say uh, it is the 10th of January when we're recording this, not when you're hearing it. I'm tired after 10 days. I know. (laughs) I'm so tired, Chris. There's so much to do. Dear God. I feel like part of me has had this mentality of like, you know, when you're in grade school and it's winter break, you don't come back the day after New Year's. There's usually like another week buffer before you go in. You got to ease into it. Exactly. Nope. I was back to work on that Tuesday. And so was the rest of my team. You got to earn that salary. Ugh. (laughs) New goals. Earn that salary to pay for daycare, Chris. Today was my daughter's first day of daycare. Really? Yep. Did you cry? I wanted to, if I'm being Mm. honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Did she cry? (laughs) She did not. She could like, I don't know. She's... Very attached to Stephanie and I, Mm -hmm. but weirdly very cool if we just disappear. Hmm. I don't know. It's very interesting. I fully, I think both Stephanie and I, but I'll only speak for myself. The day before or yesterday, I was like, oh shit, this is real. Like she's (laughs) going to, I'm not going to hear her screaming or running around upstairs. Yeah. What is going to be her life? I've been around her. In proximity for so long, can someone else take care of my child as well as I do? Right. How is she going to handle other children? Because I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or not, but I think I've said it to you in person. So I feel like I've said it before in the podcast, but I always felt like Thea is going to be some sort of bully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not for any other reason that she's like very self-confident, very assertive, and just hasn't practiced sharing and being like around other kids (laughs) yeah 
And I can totally see her just like going over because you know she's a tall kid, going over and just grabbing shit. Yeah, be like, this is mine now. <laughs> and the kids are like, oh my god, like who, what, who is this? <laughs> Our kids are still trying to figure all that out. Like, uh, you know, they have friends that they play with all the time, but they're still getting over that hurdle of you know this is what I want to do. And nobody else wants to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, this is how I was planning to do things and this kid's doing it a different way. And I don't know how to handle that. And so they're learning those lessons right now. And it's good because they can practice with each other too, right? Yeah. To some degree. They, they do all right. They play pretty well together. You know, they're, they've learned to just sort of, if one of them's not really, you know, jiving with the other. I think they've they've kind of gotten past that for the most part, mm. but it's because they're they're typically the oldest ones around when we have other kids around. So it would be like trying to understand that the younger kid doesn't want to do what you want to do, yeah, and how you deal with that. So, so we we dropped her off this morning. She's one of five, I think the maybe middle aged one of all the kids getting taken care of there when mm. she got in she went into her stranger danger mode mm. mm-hmm. for a total of three minutes <laughs> and then proceeded to like pick up a guitar like a toy guitar and it's like uh, oh look. okay <laughs> and she started playing with it and then we did like the you know the homer meme of yeah. him like walking backwards into the yeah. bush <laughs> yeah that was us, like, leaving the babysitter's house, like, not saying a single word to anyone. Yeah. Just like, we're going to disappear now. Gonna fade away. Yeah. <laughs> but she's alive. She made it. She awesome. didn't. Uh, the lady said she didn't cry. She got along with everyone. So who knows? There might be hope for my daughter yet. Hey, there you go. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is. Well, a lot of things may be changing in the year 2024, but what's not changing is... Our connection question. All right. So coming fresh off the heels of gift giving time, the connection question that I have for you, Chris, is what is a toy, game, or gift that you regret getting your child? Ooh. Hmm. What is a toy, game, or gift that you regret getting for your child? Toy, game, or gift. We are very, we're very careful about what we get them. Are you? I feel yeah. like we we're like this looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we're not like you know crazy about it, but but there's thought there. Yeah, consideration. I know that, and I know there's one thing. So we um, I think yeah, I think it was that one we got it for IO. I think and. It was one of those, basically a play mat that's got a bunch of stuff like hanging over her, but it was one of the, you know, I'm crazy expensive because I'm made out of wood <laughs> type ones. Yes. The the plywood. Yeah. Natural it, colored. I mean, it was a good, it was a good, you know, really cool thing, but she just didn't really use it all that much. Mm. I only regretted that one just, I mean. Just because she didn't use it. But you know how it is with toys. <laughs> so you you get all the things they want. And they end up using something that's totally simple or basic. And They're like, I love sp- this wooden spoon. Yeah, spending all day with that. <laughs> it's like, why did I? 
there's that one that it wasn't like a big regret. It's just kind of annoying. We're careful about things that make music like too much music. Mm. You know, we try not to be too, we don't want anything that's going to drive us nuts, (laughs) you know, but they've got instruments. They've got like music box things. I've never really regretted it though. I mean, if you've gone this long getting gifts for your children and you don't really, one doesn't stick out, then I think you've done a good job. You know, this was the very first year that Thea really got to experience Christmas because it was too, she was too little last year for anyone to get her like anything other than like bibs. There was a comment by my mother that went something like, Oh, yeah, and then she can finally get some toys. And I said, what? She has <laughs> many toys. Yeah. What are you talking about? She's like, no, but, I mean, you just have the same toys. Like, she needs more toys for development. I was like, what are you talking She has so many toys. <laughs> what kind of toys are you talking about? So by the end, after Christmas, I'll tell you that I had to buy a shelf organizer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is now in our living room and has eight cubbies that are have like these boxes in them now because Mm. she got so many fucking toys (laughs) from everyone. Oh, man. From everyone. And I respect it. I mean, you know, it's always interesting buying toys for younger children that aren't yours. Yeah. Because you're like, what the, what what do they do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they want. I don't know what they do in their free time. But that's another thing you got to be mindful of when you're gifting for kids. It's like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to get this and then have it be like a shit show for the parents. Yeah, like here's a box of glitter. (laughs) Because some people, especially adults, they don't think about that shit. No, you know. They're not thinking about what it's going to mean for your house or for the room or whatever. They just want to get them something, which is, you know. I saw this in the store. Yeah. And I just wanted to get it. It's what very is nice. It? A puppy. It's very generous. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Jesus, why, Grandma? Please do not. <laughs> Francis's dad got, got the kids fish, mm. you know? And I yeah. was like, I was like, okay, you know, it's very nice. It's very kind. I was like, but I'm the one taking care of the fish. Yeah. And I suck at taking care of fish. This is another responsibility on top of everything <laughs> yeah. else. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's like I was already taking care of a mantis. I got to take care of fish. I feel like as a rule, you also shouldn't gift live pets. I do, yeah, I don't think so either. But, you know, it, it was very nice. They enjoyed it, of course. And, you know, they didn't last too, too long, as, <laughs> as you might expect, despite my efforts. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely um, you got to get the green light on that for you. Absolutely. <laughs> for you to do something like that. I feel like my my perspective has been getting gifts for Thea too early. Mm. I was convinced. I was like, you know what she needs? She needs a toy piano. Mm-hmm. She was like eight months at the time. Yeah. The play age for the toy piano is like three plus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you know what? No. Not my daughter. (laughs) So I got this like legit ass two octave toy piano from the infamous Melissa and Greg or Doug. Melissa and Doug. And she saw it and she was like, oh my God. You know, she slammed on the keys a little bit. Didn't give a 
fuck about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, Didn't is... care at all about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's fine. I got her I got her that for her birthday in September. Is this your regret? I think so. Cause I was okay. I was like, this is this is perfect for you. I'm willing to accept the cacophony of noise that you're willing <laughs> yeah. to create off of this. I will suffer for your cerebral engagement, but she could care less about it until now. Now, now she's coming around and she's like, oh shit, I understand this. Mm-hmm. This is what the Wiggles are playing. <laughs> Dude, she fucking loves the Wiggles. Yeah. We're we're a Wiggle household right now. Okay. We had never really gotten into the Wiggles. Bunch of Australians just saying, good eye. <laughs> but they love it. Thea knows a bunch of sign language because Stephanie's been teaching her. And like through some of the toys that we get to, it's like very easy to engage that way. That's cool. Yeah. And depending on the season of the Wiggles that you're watching, because it's been on since the mid 90s, there is one of the Wiggles, the first female one, Emma, signs like that was part of her thing. Okay. And Stephanie's like, what the fuck is she saying? Because (laughs) (laughs) I don't know these things. Yeah, because it's it's Australian sign language. Australian sign language. (laughs) I was like, it's ASL. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a key part, but it's, it's something I hadn't even taken into consideration before. Because yeah. Stephanie knows like the alphabet and shit, and at one point Emma is spelling her name, and Stephanie was like, "That's not it's, it." <laughs> it's funny because I had not thought about that either, you know. But but then every time you encounter, it, it's like it's ASL, American Sign Language. And I was like, "Does that mean oh there are other sign languages?" And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, "Yeah, absolutely." So yep. And depending on, like, we saw a video of, like, a Spanish show similar to the Wiggles, right? Mm. And, and they're doing their own version of that shit, too. And Spanish it's just, sign language. Yeah. It's like, all SSL. right. SSL. Is there a universal sign language? Yeah, it's ASL. Is it? America's number <laughs> the one. American? No, I don't know. Do your kids ask you for things, like gifts? They will identify things that they want for, from Santa. They won't really ask us, but if we ask them, they will tell us. They're like, here is my spreadsheet. <laughs> Listed in order of importance. I've and created price. a list. Exactly. Here are the historical price trends. That's for, right. <laughs> for this toy. <laughs> well, let us pivot to our next segment so some of you may know as i talk about on the show a lot i'm in a bunch of different bands the one that does original music that i get to write and perform with is called nyan that's n-a-y-a-n so i've been in this band for like two and a half years maybe give or take maybe two years i don't know the fuck is time but <laughs> I play bass. It's been like 10. <laughs> yeah. I play bass and I sing backup in the band. And we're finally releasing our first album, our debut. Congratulations. Thank you. It is called Rock and Roll Ruin My Life. And we're going to be releasing that in February. So we've started releasing a couple singles. And so I thought it would be fun, and Chris agreed, 
that Chris would give his honest review mm-hmm. of one of our tracks after listening to it blind. No listening or anything whatsoever. Like you've never heard my band at all. I've heard the ba- I think I've heard the band once. Really? I think okay. so. Because I've right. definitely seen. Isn't uh, is that the guy's the lead singer's name? Nyan. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think I've seen him before perform right. with you. So then maybe maybe you've seen the old version of the band was called the NRIs. That was like mm. his project that I joined, and then it kind of became something else. But so the first single came out in December. It was called Destiny. Please stream it. It's on Spotify and all the platforms, which is great. I suggest you go take a listen to that. It's super fun. The ending was inspired by Rainbow Road by yours truly, because, you know, I got to keep that gaming influence. That's right. Wherever I can. But the second single is actually one of my favorite songs off of the album. It's called Alone. And it's a collaboration with a moderately famous artist. Her name is Laura Stevenson. Okay. And I forget how the singer of my band knows her, has collaborated with her, but um, Laura Stevenson is a singer-songwriter from New York, has released, I think, like six records, uh, has a pretty dedicated fan base, you know, has played multiple times in D.C. at the Black Hat and 930 Club, and I think Nyan opened up for her at one point. Mm Mm-hmm. And they stayed in contact. And so when we wrote this song, Nyan wrote it from the perspective of like relationship, like one versus his side, the other verse was her side. Okay. And so we worked on kind of that phrasing stuff and we sent it over to her. She dug it, laid down her vocals, and now we finally get to put it out. Sweet. So what I'm thinking that we'll do, um, we'll listen to the song no comment that way the listeners can listen to it too mm-hmm. if you want to jot down general notes or just keep it in your mind then when the song finishes you can give me the real truth the real truth the real truth i don't want any of that sugar coating no at all i wouldn't do that
By Nyan, featuring Laura Stevenson. Very awesome. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. It took us like eight months to a year to record the entire album. Yeah. That's why you don't, that's why you finish writing things before you go record. (laughs) Yeah. Because we're like, we got a bunch of new shit. Let's just go record. And then it took a year. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't just happen, unfortunately. All right. So, so give it to me straight. This is, uh, do you want to name your review segment? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. Should we? DJ Dado's reviews. <laughs> reviews, reviews, reviews. All right. Review. First thing I thought when it started, it felt very like 90s alternative to me. Mm-hmm. Like Gin Blossoms mm-hmm. type of feel, um, which I'm totally down with. So I, I like that. Uh, and then the baseline came in. Love the baseline. Thank you. Good job, sir. One one thing I did note was I think maybe uh, there were times where I felt like maybe Nyan's voice was getting lost. Mm. And I don't know about well, maybe not lost is the right word, but when more vocals were coming in, I think I might have liked if his was brought up a little more, a little hotter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if maybe that was done on purpose or not. I did like the section where you guys quieted everything down. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I really, when that came around, I really started to get that. It, it kind of felt like being alone. <laughs> I was like, oh, they, uh, they, it brought the, that emotion yeah. with it, which was really cool. I liked the sax coming in there. It was unexpected. I don't know if I just missed it early on or is that the first time it came in? Uh, there's a couple hits okay. in in there. I liked it there. Nice. There was a part where I, like when the, it comes back in after you guys um, change the rhythm up. Yeah. It, it, uh, it felt a little, 
what I wrote was discordant, like right when it comes back in. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's it's great. I definitely like the change when you guys hit that more hard driving rhythm. And the last couple of things I wrote was, uh, I might have like, so when, when Nyan's singing that the part about um, like right at the, his, the end of his vocals, like burying it alone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think I I might have liked more more like pain in his voice, I guess. Mm. It sounds a little too clean right there. She but hasn't heard enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just for me. Yeah. yeah, no, I hear you. Um but I do like the way you guys finished the song, uh like driving it with the bass line, which was great. Um but I, I do like I like how the song it's it changes throughout in a lot of different ways, which is really cool. It's very interesting because Nyan likes to write very pop. And I Mm -hmm. think it's the influence of me and some of the other musicians where we're like, okay, this end section, we're just going to like turn a tight left Mm -hmm. (laughs) and go in a completely (laughs) different direction while still trying to keep it groovy, I guess. As long as it all feels connected, you know, because it can feel... A little bit. It it should feel alone, which I'm glad that you got that vibe. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. It felt like a like a story. It's kind of it's funny because I was thinking about it. It's like it's it's kind of structured in a way. It's sort of the way I like to structure my mixes too. Like I tend to start with more calm things, <laughs> or yeah. like you know, like you know, easier going stuff, and more then digestible. I, yeah, and it tends to get harder. Like as I get deeper into the mix usually there was um i I could he's his singing reminded me and the harmonies reminded me of something but i could not put my finger on it while i was listening to it yeah there were a couple of of notes in there where i was like it definitely triggered something in my memory but yeah i I couldn't get it up and uh to figure out what it was everyone says we're like a bruce springsteen so really (laughs) isn't that funny isn't that funny that people say that off of this and i think i honestly think the only reason they say that is because there's a whole sax player with us yeah like you just see this guy (laughs) and you're thinking bruce i get it it's more than that i definitely wouldn't go go (laughs) go boss with off of that song that's cool really cool stuff great man well for all of you listening please make sure to check out the single, it should probably be out on Spotify by the time you guys get this Do episode. check it out. Uh, but your support is always appreciated. Nyan Band DC, if you want to follow us on social media. But discussion of this song uh, had us come up with the idea of possibly discussing musical collaborations, right? Musical collaborations come in a lot of different forms, a lot of different makeups and setups. But for this specific exercise, we wanted to steer clear of like production credits and kind of lean into more of the featuring, right? And something that Chris and I had discussed right before we started recording is that it feels like features are at an all-time high in the year 2023-2024. Do I know any of them? Absolutely not. No, not at all. <laughs> I feel like it's too common now. It's it's lost its, uh, I don't know, appeal. I, I just don't even follow a lot of current artists and music. So 
I don't I don't know. Like I the, all, all so much of that is just lost on me. You know what I blame, right? The radio. Like not having the radio anymore. I mean, it exists, but it's just it's so watered down at this point. Uh, it's not like back in the day because we're so old. That's 90s. true. It is so different now. It's too different. Back in my day. <laughs> there were not a lot of easy ways to find the new things. Yeah. So you needed to identify good radio stations that you jived with that would bring that to you or go into the record shop or going, mm-hmm. you know, grabbing up some, you could spend all day in those places. I used to love going to the record shop, you know, dude, I was just talking about this with my cousin every Tuesday. I would go to tower records Yep, because Tuesday was new music release day and they would sell new albums at a cheaper price. If you bought it the day it came out. Yeah, whatever little money I had, I would would just go and like peruse the emo indie section and just like pick an album cover that I liked just to try things out. Can you imagine? Like Discovery was so different. You're literally just going through record after record. Like, oh, I know this person. Or, oh, yeah, the album cover looks cool. Let me check that out. You got to pick it up, go over to the thing, hoping that it's available. (laughs) You know, and like (laughs) the 10 other people there aren't listening to it. Pop your record on, and then you just like sit there with headphones. You're like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. You spend all day doing that. Now it's like Spotify has made you 17 different personalized playlists, (laughs) depending on how you feel today. It just shovels it to you so much now. Yeah, so it's so different. Like you needed to, you needed to tune in to, you know, the radio hosts that you liked that played the good music, and sometimes that was after hours. Yes. And you had to, you had to listen attentively because you were either going to try and snatch the re- and record it on a cassette <laughs> when it played, <laughs> which is like, you know, the ultimate nineties reflex test. <laughs> yeah. Cause you get that split second where they're like, all right, we're going to play this song. But, and you're like, Oh, sh-, you got to go and hit it. You're like, God like, damn it. <laughs> hit record. And then you fucking hate it when they're like ninety nine five on top of like the first three seconds. Yep, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's like God, okay. No, it's so funny. I was actually just talking about this with my cousin because he was mentioning how I, I think he was cleaning or organizing some of his stuff, and he found like a lot of his cassettes. Nice. And he wants to like show his daughter. He's like. Should she know about like cassettes and like this form of media? Like, is that important to teach our children? Yes. And I said, absolutely. We have to know, dude. They have to know. Then we started talking about how, like, back in the day when you went to the mall, you remember the wall? Yeah. Dude, the fucking wall. For those of you that are way too young, the wall (laughs) was a in person store where you would go buy music. But their whole gimmick was that they would give you this little sticker for every album or cassette that you purchased. And as long as you had that sticker on the case somewhere, if your CD broke or whatever, they would like replace it for you. Which at the time I felt was like the most mind boggling thing yeah, I've heard before. How could life. you possibly do that? You're like, are you rich? <laughs> How does this happen? But now kids got it too easy these days. Yeah. It's too easy. Were most, would you say most of your choices in the 90s? Yeah. 
So here's I think a, all of them. <laughs> no, here, no, maybe not one or two. But. Here's an interesting theory. Okay, late '90s, early 2000s, a lot of cross genre collaborations. Mm-hmm. Was it happening before in the '80s? Absolutely. But I feel like there was a shift where crossover radio and like top 40 hit radio, whatever, all of a sudden, like the rap rock thing was cool. Mm-hmm. The like hip hop soul stuff with guitars and like country collaborations, whatever. You know, it was it was happening and popularized. And now, 20 years later, 24 years later, whatever, pop is like genreless. Like mm-hmm. you hear rap in country songs, and it's just like, that's country now. Yeah, yeah. It's country rap. Or whatever. Did we ruin music? I don't know. So I feel like, from my perspective, like you said, um, we we were getting the cross genre things when when hip hop was more widely accepted. Yeah, I, I feel right because it comes on the scene, and it's very like it, it's it's very divisive. Right? Mm-hmm. Some people are like, "What is this garbage?" Other people are like, "Dude, these guys are amazing." And it took a while for, I think just for like, you know, society in general or the culture at the time to not only just accept that it was bona fide music mm-hmm. and, and there's and there's like legitimate talent there, but then to go another step further and, and embrace it. When, it. when it becomes more mainstream, when it's more widely acceptable, when you have better points of entry for people into that genre, then it's like, okay, well... They're actually pretty good. Why don't we do? <laughs> we should do something <laughs> with them. There's value here, and right? Like, yeah, their producers are actually pretty freaking amazing, or whatever. It's like we're making, we're all making money on this, right? Yeah, it's like this. This works for all of us, right? Yeah, no, that's a very interesting point because I do feel like in the '90s, hip hop and rap was like treated as a fad. Oh, it was. You know, I, yeah. I strictly, uh, distinctly remember. The news stories of like rap records, how they affect your young children tonight <laughs> at six o'clock. Oh, totally. Yeah. Then like the hip hoppers started collaborating with like pop people. Like Mar- I feel like Mariah Carey was a huge collaborator with the rap hip hop community. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be with uh, with P. Diddy. Yeah. Or I think she did a song with Busta Rhymes. Uh huh, and obviously her incredible collaboration with Boys to Men, of course, multiple times I think, right? They did more than one. Pretty sure, yeah. Could they had one Sweet Day, and uh, Mama, no, no. I think they did a. Did they do a Christmas song too? I would imagine so. I think they had a couple. Yeah, I think they had a couple. That made that like solidified like oh. This is valid. And yeah. here we are now where hip hop has like taken over some genres. And Thea has an opinion on that as well. She does. She like to chime in. As we get into this list, of course, we are the experts of our own musical tastes. So if you don't like it, find another podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I say that humbly asking you to please finish this one first. 
and then, <laughs> and then go to let the, it let it play out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or just leave it playing while you're sleeping. Um, every you turn down the volume all the way. Hey, no, no big deal. Every every click counts. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, Thank you so, so much. How do you how do you <laughs> want to start this off? You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I have six that I picked out. Okay. Mm, I'm really curious to see where you went with it. Uh, I'll, I will straight up give you the very like the literal possible reason why I came up with this prompt in the first place okay and it's not from the 90s okay well i'm gonna start here then i'll, I'll start i'll start okay and if you pick mine i'm walking out of there <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised although you could go a lot of different directions <clears throat> with these two i fucking love this you album. can't go wrong <laughs> you just cannot go wrong Guess who's back? I mean, this is like <clears throat> this. There, this was a turning point mm. in, in music and hip hop. I feel these two. I mean, she can't deny him. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because this era of Dr. Dre is what I know. Yeah, like me too. The, the Chronic 2001, like mm-hmm. that album cover to me is an iconic image that like I I remember that. I remember having it. I remember playing the shit out of it. I, I played remember, the shit out of it too. I remember it had all the lyrics in the book and I would follow up. But it's also interesting to think that like this collaboration in particular, Dr. Dre and Snoop, is from like back in the day, right? Like this is way back in the day. But like this iteration of it is just like fucking crisp, dude. You said it was this or the other song. Do you mean uh, "Forgot About Dre"? Is uh, I can't even remember which one I was thinking about. I mean, this whole album. Is yeah, hits. the whole album. This whole <laughs> you can't album go wrong with the whole hits. album. It's one billion views. God damn. The date on it, October twenty seventh, twenty eleven. Shit, of the video. I don't know out. if that's. Yeah, I was like, yeah. that's not when it came out. That's the video. I love was Dre's it? beats, dude. They're amazing. It's wasn't just, he kind of when the, right before this came out? Wasn't he kind of starting to a little bit of a fall off? Oh yeah, people thought he was yeah. done. Yeah, because the nothing came after the Chronic. And they were like, is that it? That's, that's all you back. Got? He was representing for the gangsters all across the world, that's Chris. That's right. That's right. He was taking his time. See, he's, already, he's speaking to it right yeah. now. He said the same shit in, in uh, Forget About Dre. That entire song is like, bitch, you thought I was gone? Yeah. <laughs> Show you what I got. I've been making money, motherfuckers. This is the album that also uh, gives us the Hey, 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 Smoke Weed Every Day by Nate. That's right. Every day. What song is uh, that? Incredible duo. See, I don't even want to stop the song. (laughs) Just freaking good. good. The next episode. 
It's just so many iconic beats and samples and everything. So and it's good. so simple. Like if you listen to the instrumental, it's really two loops. Really yeah. the same loop with a different layer. But chill as fuck and like crisp, dude. You just gotta make room for their voices. I will yep. say Dre's vocal texture is interesting and it works for him really well. Cause it's it's like velvety but a little bit gritty mm-hmm. and it sets well with Snoop's more higher, like higher end tone. Yeah, I, I think I think Dre's I, I don't know that he has the same quite the same kind of vocal. Um, I don't know what do you call it, like uniqueness. Yeah. By comparison, he's a little bit bland <laughs> with some of the other hip hop artists. But all right, still DRE. All right, good yeah, choice. Still DRE. That's where we're good choice. Off. I like that. This one is mine. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good one. I love Linkin Park's first album. I love Jay Z, especially this era of Jay Z. Mm-hmm. And then this collaboration came out. The first time I heard this song, I was like, "How does this work? <laughs> How does this work? How does this work? How does this happen?" I was talking about this with a friend of mine recently that. Jay-Z is really responsible, I feel like, for pushing the rap genre forward a couple steps Mm -hmm. because of his ability to go into situations that a lot of rappers would avoid. Like, at this point in his career, he has no reason to collaborate with a new band like Linkin Park because they had Mm -hmm. just had, like, their second album had just come out. Uh, You know, they weren't the Linkin Park we know today. Right. And this just, I mean, I remember, I think there was, like, an MTV2 special on this that I saw of them, like, being in the studio, and Mm Jay-Z's just, like, so fucking about it. Whenever he (laughs) hears Chester scream, he looks at him like, what the? fuck it's like damn <laughs> you know jay-z was one of the first if not the first uh rapper to have a live full band behind him when he did mtv's unplugged oh yeah he did uh hard knock life album or the blueprint with the roots mm. and now all the rap artists got real bands behind them but yeah, I love this collaboration. Rap and rock always meant to collaborate. Plus, yeah. Linkin Park is already like halfway there. Yeah, they're partway there. <laughs> it's just, it's great when people can, like this could have been a mashup that some DJ just put together. Right. But like they produced it. They did it. And I love that. It's a special talent to, to do that. Yeah. I love Chester's voice. such a great combo yeah this is like er, the sound of the early 2000s to me agreed agreed 
That's good stuff. Okay. All right, what you got? All right, we're going to go in this direction right here. I know that we are upside down. So hold your tongue and hear So I'm going with Stay the Night. Zed featuring Haley Williams. I don't think I know this song. Oh, really? Oh, you should listen to it. Haley Williams of Paramore. Of Paramore, yes. I'll shut up. <laughs> she has a crazy voice, too. She's such a great voice. It's so funny when people try to sing her songs. <laughs> oh, I know this hook. Yeah. I didn't realize it was Haley Williams. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Her song, her songs could be like deceptively hard. <laughs> so people come, oh, dude. try her, to sing them, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is harder than I thought." <laughs> hearing people try to sing "Misery Business" is like one of my joys in life because <laughs> it's fucking impossible. So one of the reasons why I picked this one, um, she actually got a lot of shit for this one. Did you know that? No. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a lot, but she got some shit for it because. Some some fans, some Paramore fans were like, why are you doing this? And they thought that she was like leaving the genre. Selling out. Yeah. And they were like, dude, she's just collaborating with another artist. Like, calm the fuck down. Dude, sometimes fans are the worst fucking people on planet Earth. <laughs> like, seriously. It's like, dude, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, they don't you know? owe you shit, like, shut bro. Up. What the fuck? <laughs> I dig this. I, I, I know this song and I never put put it together that it's her mm. well you're welcome I'm guilty of that to be honest with a lot of like EDM features oh yeah yeah like Clean Bandit is another one where I'm like I don't know who's on the vocals but it's that voice you know <laughs> uh huh interesting well it's, you're, you're guilty of being that fan I'm or not guilty, knowing who I'm it guilty is. of like not knowing who the fuck the feature is. It's oh. just like it's well, just that's... one of those songs. Yeah, yeah, that happens. But I always like, um, you know, putting this song out there because she, she shouldn't have gotten shit for this. Hell oh, There was some drama with Paramore this week. Oh, was there? Yeah. They, uh, their website went down and uh, all their social media got scrubbed. No way. One day to another. No one knew what the fuck was going on. People thought that they either got hacked or they broke up or they were doing something. Turns out that they uh, finished their contract with the major label. Oh. So they're, I think they're going to go the independent route now. Oh. And so they scrubbed everything in order to like they... restart as independents. But, so, but they did that. The yes, they did. That. It was oh, not wow. done to them. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, got them a ton of publicity. Absolutely. <laughs> Good for them. Great pick. I dig it. Great pick. Let's see. Where do I go from there? The One of the original <laughs> collab tracks that comes to mind for me. Now look. <laughs> Take say back. what you say what you will about us being old timers 
and loving music from the like late 90s, early 2000s. To me, this song, it's like two fucking, this is what collaboration was about, right? Mm-hmm. Two powerhouses in their own right come together and they lay it down, man. They do. They do. And also in the 90s, they loved having intros like this. I know. A little bit talking. A little sweet talking. Well, actually not sweet talking. (laughs) You remember how big of a powerhouse Brandy was, dude? Yeah. Her show, her albums. Monica was definitely the, I'm not going to say the lesser artist, but maybe the smaller artist. In total, yeah. Total reach or whatever. I might might like Monica's voice better than Brandy. I do like Monica's voice better. I remember this music video. They're like arguing on the other side of the wall. So good. Like now that I'm older and I listen to this, I'm like, what? Why is there a funk like? Face in the wow. back of this, wow. yeah, wow. <laughs> but it rocks. <laughs> Those harmonies, nineteen ninety eight. Man, remember those days? Ah. That's kind of interesting. If this was nineteen ninety eight. That means that this made an impact on me when I was 10. (laughs) I was a junior in high school. (laughs) So this is like right in there. This is prime time. Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. We don't have time to get to it. But you know that part at the end where it's like, not yours, but mine. Not yours, but mine. Like, give it to them. (laughs) Tell me. See, and now you could say the, the boy is mine and a lot of people will have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah. Sadly. This was like an iconic moment. Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Got a Great choice. Great choice. I I could I could stay in that that vein a little bit. I'm gonna do a slight we're gonna swing out just a little bit. Fucking big pun, dude. <laughs> it was great, man. As a as a young man of larger carriage, there was nothing better than big pun and fat Joe, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like fuck all your heavy jokes, bitch. <laughs> I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. That's right. So this is still not a player. A big pun featuring Joe. Underrated R&B Joe. Yeah. Not to be confused with Fat Joe. Not to be confused with Fat Joe. Which is Big Pun's cousin, video. right? Because he's Big Pun's cousin. Yeah. He's in there. It's so funny. He's like, look, you can be in the video. Yeah. We just can't call you, you Fat Joe. There's already yeah. a Joe on set. You get no tracks. <laughs> what do you think that conversation for Joe was like? Joe, you need a name. No, I'm, I'm just Joe. My name's Joe, guys. Yeah, it's Joe. We're just gonna go with Joe. They're like, Joe, you don't want to use your last name? No. <laughs> no, just, just Joe. Just, just Joe. We'll stick with it. 
You're like, no one else is using it, right? Which is Joe. It's a great little hook. This, this song still freaking rocks. Yeah. Absolutely. You, and you I can also blast it right now. It's still. I also killer. liked it because to me, like, hip hop and R&B and that stuff wasn't, I didn't see a lot of Latinos. Mm-hmm. And here, here comes this dude, swagger, bars. Yeah, yeah he grooves. showed up like he, like he owned the place. Yeah, he's like, fuck that, I belong. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Damn, he got Fat Joe holding the umbrella. In yep. the <laughs> like hold the umbrella, Joe. <laughs> like, Do you on, see man. Fat Joe now? He's just mm. Joe. <laughs> Was he really? Oh, yeah, dude. Fat Joe. Like, if that wasn't his stage name, I doubt he would want to be called that anymore. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I like when you take... It's one thing for one artist to sample something. Yeah. You know, you kind of sometimes you're like, mm, it's a little bit too much there. Sometimes you're like, that's fine. When you get a collaboration to do it and like really make something of it, it's like, okay, yep. <laughs> I'll give it, I'll give it to you. You know, hell yeah. I just sent a, a link of Fat Joe's transformation. Oh, really? Let me check that out. Oh, gosh. It's just a joke. I completely forgot. T.S. Terror Squad. Oh, that's right. Slim Joe. Okay, Joe. Good. Nice. All right. Great track. Great, great tracks. Man, we we love that. <laughs> we have a vibe. It's who we are, man. Uh, who we are. Why can't we be different? All right. Let me be different. I'm going to take it back to old school. 1991. Oh, I thought you were going to go further back. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was three. Okay. (laughs) You had me. So this um, song, my first experience with it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Okay. Yeah. Because that game lit a fire under my ass when it came to music. Mm. Such a great fucking soundtrack. And this was one of the first ones. You got it pulled up? Yep. Mm. So this is Anthrax and Public Enemy Bring the Noise. Do you know Anthrax? A little bit. The Anthrax was an American thrash band. Um, Public Enemy is Public Enemy. Chuck D, Flava Flav. And they collaborated on this track. And I fucking dig it, dude. (laughs) It's thrashy, gross riffs. Mike D, uh, Chuck D's vocal is perfect. Flava Flav's Yeah Boys work in this context <laughs> yeah boy and i love this collaboration of like heavy metal and hip-hop a lot of people cite this as like 
possible inspiration for new metal that came out oh, yeah. in the 2000s, like the Linkin Parks, the Limp mm. Biscuits, shit like that. But I just, I, I dig it, dude. They actually went on tour together. Oh, that's awesome. And I can only imagine that fucking crazy ass tour. <laughs> Those must have been crazy. It's just so great, like, cause you you get the a blending of two, what you would imagine to be very different fan bases. Yeah, you know, you they, show up, you're like, all right, Anthrax, and then <laughs> Public Enemy shows up, you're like, damn, this is sick, and you just rock out to it. Yeah. Yep, and it awesome. goes back to what I always say about like heavier music communities. It's all about collaboration and like. The DIY attitude of like, if they're not going to listen to us, well, then fuck them. Yeah. And for Public Enemy in particular, that was such like a part of their culture and what they were pushing that it just makes perfect sense as a collaboration. Props to both of them for being open enough because at this time, no one was doing this shit. The only shit you had before this was like fucking uh, Aerosmith and Run DMC. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know? Walk this way. Got a little thrash section in there. Yep. <laughs> Flavor Flav in the mosh pit with his big ass clock. <laughs> the clogs, man. Uh, it's just, there's just something about. I, I, I don't know. If, if I was a musician, I'd be like collaborating all over the place. Dude, hell yeah. Like, why not? You know? Absolutely. Makes such great, such great things together. You know who's really good at that? Oh, I wonder if I should add that as a collaboration. That could be <laughs> quite the twist. All right. Maybe I'll call an audible. Okay. I won't okay. I won't play my hand yet. What you got? We're gonna pivot. Pivot. Kinda kinda back to where you were not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny you picked this song. <laughs> Why? I was about to pick this song. Oh really? Yep. <laughs> Going with what a man. Fucking love this song. In vogue and salt freaking pepper. I'm bringing together the uh, female powerhouses. And you know, this is a cover. Yes. I never realized that it was in vogue with salt and pepper. Yeah, they don't get they don't get build all out on it. I always thought this as a salt and pepper song. En Vogue is amazing, dude. <laughs> Did you ever like? I don't know if I listened to it when I was young, but if I, whenever I hear them now and I stop and listen to their harmonies and stuff, I'm like damn, all day, dude. They are so good. Yep. What is that song? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Never gonna get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, those, those harmonies are so hard to me. That's awesome. So because I know this because, like I said, I looked into this song and I did a very quick skim. Uh huh. So you know, Salt and Pepper is two rappers and a DJ, right? Mm-hmm. But this song only features, I think it's Salt, um, as, a vocal. Yeah. as the vocal. And she recorded this while pregnant. 
Oh, did she? Which makes that line of like, it makes me want to have your baby yeah. sit a little bit better. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, Invoke just did the, the refrain. Yeah. What a time. I know. But who's this rapping? Or it's... That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> see the guys for the comment on the top? I hope someday Salt and Pepper realize how happy they made so many brothers and sisters with this song. <laughs> so uplifting, something that has been sorely missing from our music. God bless you, ladies. I love it. I wore out this CD. Oh my god. So good. Great pick. See, we were on the same page there. All right. All right. So, following along. I don't think I know this. Now, a lot of people know Gorillas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The first single was Clint Eastwood, right? Like, I ain't happy. <laughs> it's from that album. Now, the voice, it, even in that um, Clint Eastwood like song, the rapper, like a, a lot of people hear that as like the voice of Gorillas, but that's Del the Funky Homo Sapien. I don't know. I don't know if you know Del. Not really. So Del the Funky Homo Sapien is a hip hop rapper. Um, he's also Ice Cube's cousin, oh. and he's had his style of hip hop for a long time. He does a lot of collaborations. He also has his project called Deltron 3030 with Dan the Automator and Koala Kid, I think. But I love this collaboration because Gorillaz, for most people, or for people that don't know, is just one person. It's Damien Albarn, um, who creates all the music, and Jamie Hewlett does all the animation. Them two technically are Gorillaz. And um, Damien Albarn, most famously known from the band Blur, you know that song, Song 2? That's him. Um, but this is him like experimenting and so he collaborated with a lot of different singers and this collab just freaking works the swag the kind of like quirkiness to it like Saturday morning cartoon vibe that I get from the beat works really well with Del's flow it's like a little bit more um, you know if if your cousin's Ice Cube <laughs> this could this cannot be further from like that vibe yeah you know but i love it and i love this song uh, a lesser known song of gorillas yes, yeah but from the very first album it's cool yeah it's my jam again hip-hoppers collaborating with rockers it just works it just works it's just music, guys. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Nice. All right. What you got? 
There we go. We had discussed this prior to starting. Fucking love this song. It's so great. Game of Love. Santana featuring Michelle Branch. Michelle Branch really being like a newbie on the scene at this point, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I remember being surprised when she's go, like, hooked up voice, with Santana. Dude. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Love her voice. I know. Me too. What was her song? Um. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I, I feel like I have it on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I refuse to look it up. Uh, it'll come to us like an hour later. <laughs> it will be even more embarrassing than right now. So this, as we were talking earlier, this is from Santana's Supernatural album that came out in like 2001, I think. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. collaborations. I was telling Chris that that album supernatural i believe you can fact check me if you want is tied for the most grammys won by a single album it's tied with thriller so crazy i mean you know it's not like santana sings <laughs> so, he sings with that guitar okay yeah yeah so you know he could collaborate with anybody Instant, instant boost with Santana. You know what her song was? Um, Cause you're everywhere. Yes, yes, thank you. (laughs) Jesus. And this is interesting because kind of similar to the Dr. Dre pick earlier. Uh This is like the second coming of Santana. Because he had also kind of fallen off popular yeah. culture-wise. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say. You know, so he too. had like Black Magic Woman and, and that kind of stuff early on. But like this, put him on the fucking map again. Dude, yeah, smooth. I mean, I kind of hate how played that song is. Right. But you cannot deny. You can't. And this song, dude, I love this song. Yeah, he was kind of getting away from the more traditional stuff that he had been doing right? he's like I've done enough ass yeah let's make some money <laughs> that motherfucker I think he has a Vegas residency oh so, does he uh, he's cool. making money bro yeah it's really really I wonder if, if he do you think he made the decision to do all that himself what like the collaboration album yeah you're like you know what it's, it, this would be the thing to do right now you just cross all these other I don't artists. Know. That's stuff. a that's a good question, actually. It's so good because I could totally see it kind of going both ways. Like he would want to push himself, but also like his agent is like, "Look, Carlos." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you out there with something a little different. I got an idea, you know. Michelle Branch was kind of like this girl next door type with a little bit of an it like I don't know if edge is the right word yeah but like but she did feel a little more dangerous 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking earlier. She was kind of lumped in with that uh, Vanessa Carlton, early Nelly Furtado vibes. Mm-hmm. Look at that. We finished the whole fucking song. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, it just ended. Amazing. Amazing pick. Carlos Santana, the game of love. Well, I think it only makes sense that this is my next pick. Nice. Now, when I think of collaboration <laughs> in Carlos Santana, I think of this song from the same album, Supernatural, Maria Maria, featuring the product G&B, which stands for Ghetto and Blues. It was these two dudes singing the hook on this shit. Awesome. You know this jam, right? Oh, it's so funny you, you picked this one, because when I was... um. Back in uh, my youth group days, yeah. So it's probably, oh yeah, around this time. And um, people always ask me to sing it because they like hearing me yeah, sing the Spanish that's parts. Awesome. <laughs> 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 like sing the Spanish parts. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so this funny. fucking jam. Play by Carlos and like that guitar line oh. is iconic. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I have no literally idea. singing. <laughs> I have no idea who these dudes are. I don't either. But I love it. I don't know if they ever did anything else. <laughs> I, I looked up some of their stuff. It doesn't really look like they did. <laughs> this Apparently, is their one they thing. were they were a part of Wyclef's like music collective. Oh, I forget okay. what, what it was called. Um, there's it is. There it is. Uh, but they were a part of Wyclef's collective. So Wyclef actually convinced uh, the A&R dude for, I think, Atlantic Record or Islands, whoever Carlos was signed to, mm. to let him record the song with these no-name people. And ended up, this song ended up being like the third most popular song of the year it came out. Oh, man. Which I'm looking up now is 1999. Oh, yeah. Year I graduated, and I think the acoustic guitar also gives it a cool vibe. Mm-hmm. So, so simple of a line. It's funny. Like, who are these guys? I know. <laughs> but it works so well. White Club. White Club was like, give me the fucking yeah, mic. Give it to him. Give it to him. But yeah, just a great time. For musical collaboration, Give, giving it up to Carlos Santana for having one song on each of our lists. <laughs> Seriously, you can't go wrong with it, man. <clears throat> and knowing that Smooth is on this album and it isn't even one of the picks, that's how good the album was. I mean, it, it easily could have been. It Should've easily could have been. Uh, oh man! All right, you got one more. I have you? one more. Curious to know how you feel about this one. It's interesting. You something you mentioned earlier. You mentioned Vanessa Carlton. I don't think I know this song. Oh, yeah? I'm sure you do. You must. 
Yeah. No, I think the only bl- Counting Crows I know is like Mr. Jones. Yeah. Big Yellow Taxi. Counting Crows featuring Vanessa Carlton. I'd be curious to know what year this was. I want to. My instinct is like early 2000. 2002. Oh, okay. I know this hook. If I'm not mistaken, they're covering this. Oh, it's a cover. I think so. Oh, it's Johnny Mitchell. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm going back and forth on it. It feels a little sterile. Okay. And I feel like they're not using Vanessa Carlton well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like all she's done so far are like ooh la la's. <laughs> I do like dude's in. voice. But you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, it it fits the vibe. Pretty sure isn't she sing someone? Thought she did. Maybe she doesn't. be funny maybe she doesn't (laughs) (laughs) like Vanessa we have an hour can you please lay down this stack harmony that's all you gotta do oh there we go it's probably bad podcast etiquette to talk about the video but it looks like they weren't (laughs) even on the same shoot day I know all done it different independently and there you go. A little bit. Nice. So I looked this up quickly, you know, doing my big research. And um, the, for critical reception of this song, mm-hmm. it says, The Village Voice named this cover the worst song <laughs> of the 2000s. Um, <laughs> God damn the I review decided possibly the cover true. as having paved paradise and put up a parking lot, which is a line <laughs> in the song. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. It can't possibly be the worst song. That's so funny. I don't mind. I, I, like I said, it's a little sterile for me, but I respect it. It's just a chill song, you know? It's not trying to do too it's, much. It's here. no a thousand miles, okay? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's no not. a thousand miles. It's not. All right, let me let me hit you with a, a more modern one. A song that 
honestly, since I heard it, I do randomly put it on because I just dig it that much. I love the production. I love the hook. I sing it with Stephanie, so that also is a factor to it, of course. Okay. I feel like this is a song that the Francis's brothers like to sing karaoke. Oh, yeah? I think so. So this is Kendrick Lamar featuring SZA, All the Stars, which was created for the Black Panther soundtrack that Kendrick did in 2018. I love the production vibe. And SZA's voice is just fucking... Dope as fuck. Once it comes in the hook. Here it comes. Yeah, she's good. It's like, oh, it's good intensity, but wait. Maybe maybe this isn't the song I was thinking about. I mean, I'm biased because I fucking love Kendrick. Mm. I don't know him enough to really have a stance. He, as an art, he's like a true artist who like actually cares about mm. what he's doing and the meaning behind everything. And he will take like eight years to put out an album because that's how much it matters to him, you know? Mm. Okay. And I, I mean, think good. I think the opportunity when they gave him the permission, basically, or like the go ahead to do an entire album for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So many great artists that he collaborated with promoting just like diversity of artistry, but mm-hmm. still keeping it very rhythmic based because obviously they're trying to track sounds of like that African culture so it's like very percussive very rhythmic based yeah and I just I just dig the hook something very simple about it it's a great song and that does it for our six we did say we would have some honorable mentions though so if you had to put an honorable mention in there what would it be I mean, I had, um, and I think I mentioned this before. Uh, one of my favorite house artists is Rasmus Faber. Mm. And, I, and almost everything he does is a collaboration of some kind with a, with a, usually a female vocal artist. And so that, that he just kind of ticks all the boxes for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really, and he introduces me to a lot of other, because like, he, he he picks a lot of, um, not all of them, but many of them are like European. And so like oh, okay. art, artists that I had never heard before. That's pretty it's cool. really cool. Yeah. Did you have an honorable mention? I have a couple ways I can go. Um, one honorable mention that I wasn't sure if I was going to add to the main list or not. I ended up taking it out was Daft Punk, Lose Yourself to Dance. Hmm which is a collaboration with not only Pharrell Williams, 
but Niles Rogers from Chic. Okay. Uh, are you a Daft Punk fan? Yeah. Did you hear that uh, Random Access Memories album? Pro, I think so, but I'm not. The, in, the interesting thing about that album is that obviously Daft Punk are DJs, you know, mm-hmm. and they're French and they love to sample. And this album, they actually recorded instruments. And it was almost like they had to make their own disco album mm. because they want, everyone thought that they were making an album to then sample. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but Niles Rogers, again, guitarist and main songwriter of Chic who you might know from the 70s as like, oh, freak out. Yeah. <laughs> right. The freak. She's <laughs> chic. You know, that song originally is supposed to go, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Cause Are you serious? Chic, yes. At the time, they were in line to get into Studio 54 and they got denied by the bouncer. So they went home and started jamming, and they were so pissed that they were, like, just chanting, aw, fuck off. Oh. <laughs> wow. And that, <laughs> that's how that hook happened. That's great. Dude, you're a wealth of musical information. <laughs> when I care, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of Reddit reading is what it is. That is hilarious. But it was interesting because when they did this album, obviously, they have the dude who, like, is the guitarist of disco. Uh-huh. And Pharrell... And it it was cool. There's a there's a song that I like. I don't. So it's funny because I had um, I like listening to this song. It's called "This Is on Me," and it's Ben Abram or Abraham featuring Sarah Bareilles. You love you some Sarah Bareilles. I do. I do. It's a great song, and it's funny because I wouldn't have thought of it as a collaboration, but. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it's just like a like a duet. Um, yeah, no reason why it shouldn't be a collaboration. Absolutely. I I will actually, you know, walk back my Daft Punk recommendation for for, <laughs> really? for that because I forgot this was this was probably the one I was going to put on originally. Okay, but, but I kept it off. Let's check that out. Let me know. You have to go to thirty five seconds. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I love this song. Ready? This is genius. All right. I mean, come on. Come on, come dude. On. I was talking about this with my cousin too. Like this song is such a moment in time, man. It really is. I see I I always wonder when we're going to get, and tell me if you know one, but when we're going to get another artist that is so, like, it just speaks to everything that's happening. Yeah. You know? Like, so directly. It's, I don't know that, like, artists want to take that angle anymore. You almost have to achieve a certain level of, I don't know if it's like notoriety or just like personal accomplishment. Yeah. Or like everything you do just pushes your own agenda, whatever that means, right? For for bad or for good. But like them being obviously 
baby Michael in the Jackson 5. You know, Janet Jackson being told by her father that she won't be one of the musicians of the family or like a good singer and her really rebelling against that creates two very confident people, dude. Like musically. Yeah. Cause insane. Rhythm Nation. I love oh, yep. <laughs> Rhythm Nation. Classic. Amazing. And at this point, I feel like Michael was a little bit like safer as an artist. Mm-hmm. She was the dangerous one. At but, this time or back then? Uh, at this time. At this time, yeah. She was the more dangerous one. She was going through more like her sexy phase and putting herself out there. Yeah. But like, I believe Michael is dangerous in this song, you know? Well, th- yeah, he was like, this is like a real expression. Because, uh, I mean, I can't remember exactly what was happening, but there was a lot of stuff going on, and he was, like, literally was just like, would you just fuck off? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Stop like, fucking pressuring me, dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that one, like, stop fucking with me. Yeah, he to says hear it. Michael Jackson say, stop fucking with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I damn. love this part. Janet's part? I know. I mean, come on. How does one, how does one family produce two icons like this you know what I mean? it's and they could dance like and they can dance yeah it's like come on as man. an amazing dancer that michael was I, there's an intensity to the moves that janet does that's what made me love rhythm nation so much was the mm-hmm. choreography honestly oh of course yeah i also remember that on mtv they had a show about like the most expensive music videos that was hosted by Robin Leach, if you remember of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah, yeah. And this was the most expensive music video made at the time. Oh, really? Yes. So they just break everything? <laughs> Not only because they break everything, but like the use of CGI at the time. Uh, yeah. The animation, the the whole design of like futuristic shit. I mean, the like, freaking floating puck, it's like... Yeah, like <laughs> you didn't have that because... Yeah, it's insane. See, it says the Scream single and short film paired Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson for the first time. It is kind of crazy that it took that long. Yep. Well, she she kind of held a lot of resentment from not being able to play music with her mm-hmm. with her brothers, you know. Um, this highly stylized black and white short film set a Guinness World Record for the most expensive short film ever made. And it earned That's a record wild. 11 MTV Video Music Award nominations. Dang. But that, yeah. Scream. Ah, great, great choice. Yeah. So that's that's the honorable mention. You know what? That'll that'll be both of our and we just number added seven a few. pick. <laughs> Forget the honorable mentions. Oh uh, man. Well oh, that's great. Man, genius. Love it. That that is a great way. To end the show. Actually, you know how we should end the show. Oh no! What? <laughs> Just to ruin it a little bit. <laughs> so, one of the gifts that Stephanie got me for Christmas is a like calendar, like office calendar. You know, the kind where like you rip off the days or whatever. Uh huh. But it's a dad joke calendar. Oh, okay, okay. So right. every day it gives me a different dad joke. So as an experiment. I'm going to randomly read a dad joke. Hit me. 
and it might suck <laughs> and it might I be mean, fucking terrible. All that's, right. That's how it goes, right? Here it is for today. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Did you know books change color after you finish reading them? I do not. They become red. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, I'm stopping the recording. <laughs> just, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was my day today. <laughs> That's how I started my morning. So it's a good, it's a good start. It's a good start. <laughs> so I'm going to randomly throw those in there to ever record because I know that Stephanie was secretly giving this to me in hopes that I would be doing that. Uh, I mean, we could always we could always throw them in for sure. Yeah, just you know when we want to cap off something in the most perfect way possible. You should just randomly sprinkle them in like during the episode. Just t- catch me totally off guard. <laughs> I mean, I could totally do that. <laughs> I'll be unawares. You know what I would be, Eddie? I would be flat-footed. Wow. (laughs) We didn't even talk about that stuff. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is how how dated this calendar may or may not be. I changed my iPod name to Titanic. It's sinking now. did you hear about how the houses he's not gonna stop did you hear about the houses that fell in love no it was a long distance relationship (laughs) well that does it for this episode of the Midnight Connection. As always, Chris and I want to thank you guys for your support and listening <laughs> and frankly not turning it off in light of the dad jokes that just came at you. Uh, um, you. If you have a dad joke or any comment and feedback that you'd like to share with us, please comment on our social media. You can find us at the Midnight Connection Pod on Facebook and Instagram, or you can send us an email at the Midnight Connection Pod at gmail.com. We're so thankful to be back and recording again in the year 2024. Chris is going to be our year. I'm excited to move forward with this with you. Um, and yeah, just want to keep up the gratitude, and we will see you guys next time at midnight. Thanks for tuning in to The Midnight Connection. The Midnight Connection is a product and trademark of Samurai Beat LLC, which is a fan-funded organization made for you and made possible by you at patreon.com slash samuraibeat. Support us there and join the conversation by submitting your questions, comments, and topics for future shows. We seek to entertain and build a community of adulting gamers like you, and we appreciate your support, your confidence, and your inspiration. Thank you.